For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. that I want to share with you this morning. I'll see if I can remember them. Uh, first of all is this. Some people have been asking about, uh, as we pray for Ukraine, if we want to give and help Ukraine, is there a way that we're doing that as a church? And yes, uh, because of our partnership with FH, we are saying to people, if you would like to give, then give through FH. We, uh, we trust them. They do a great work. And we encourage you to do that if, if the Lord is leading you that way. Uh, secondly is, uh, as you know, we are in search of a new lead pastor, and the elders have put out a survey. If you have uh, not received the email, then um, uh, we've done that on the Friday email. We put out the survey that way. And if you don't receive the Friday email, then come in and talk to me, and we'll get you signed up for that. But uh, 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 the surveys are on the website, as well as if you are an analog person, if you like to do paper, then you can pick up a copy out in the foyer there. You'll see it, uh, a copy you can pick up there, and you can fill that out that way. So we'd love to hear your feedback. The search committee is coming together. You can continue to pray for God's leading uh, for those that will be part of the search committee for us here as a church. And then the third thing is, we appreciate your giving here at the church, and uh, your, your giving has helped supporting what we're doing here throughout the valley, and uh, so I want to just say thank you for your continual giving. And if you would like to know how to give, uh, again, you can go on our website. We have instructions there. You can give online. Uh, there's envelopes uh, at, uh, at a table out there by the uh, check-in with the kids zone so you can give that way too, but just want to say thank you for your continual giving here at the church. That is my three-ish things. I didn't go over. That is where I will stop. Um, what is next? Well, this week, or not this week, a couple weeks ago, we sat down with uh, Ralph and his son Tim, and they went on a trip, a missions trip, uh, and they're going to talk about that missions trip. And I, I, uh, I appreciate the fact of just how, um, how for, for, uh, for Ralph, this trip meant a lot to him to be able to spend some time with Tim. And Tim, I'm still trying to figure out if you, you know, it, no, you really enjoyed it, right? Yeah. So let's, uh, let's just watch uh, Tim and, uh, and Ralph as they talk about their trip. I'm Ralph, and this is my son, Tim, and a few weeks ago, uh, we went on a mission trip to the Dominican Republic. Uh, I've been on many trips before, and unfortunately, to COVID, we couldn't go for a while, but uh, I work for a company that is um, setting money aside on uh, going on trips and doing missions work, and uh, they asked me a, you know, a few months ago if I would be interested in going and helping out, and uh, yeah. We as a family thought, hey, that would be a good thing for me to do with uh, Tim and myself together. And so we went for 12 days uh, with a few people from here, and we joined with a group from Manitoba, and uh, we did two building projects. So, Tim, what did we do in the Dominican? Um, well, we built a well house for a well that the Dominicans had dug down there, and then we helped a group of Manitobans build a two-story radio station down there for the pastor so he could preach 
Yeah, we've been trying to help a, a church community be self-sustainable, and we help them purchase some land that they're going to turn into a farmland. And so right now we're in the process of developing it and putting an irrigation system in and uh, also purchasing plants already too. And uh, so that was the part of the, uh, you know, the, the project down there. And yeah, the pastor who is uh, associated with the organization, he is preaching every Sundays and not everybody's able to go to the church. They're living very rural out there. And so he is broadcasting on TV channels and also on radio channel, his, his sermons. And so we, are, we helped him to build that uh, station. So for me, one of the highlights of this trip was to actually work together with Tim. When you're a parent and at home, you only see each other in the evening for dinner time for a short time, and oftentimes about homework and, you know, just wrestling him down because on technology or whatnot. And so going on a trip for 12 days without internet and just traveling together, eating together, staying in the same room together and uh, spending quality time. For 12 days was the highlight of uh, my time and just to see Tim engaging with the other group there's lots of uh, there were lots of older uh, people from Manitoba that are not his peer group that typically would be fun for him to hang out with and just to see him engage and to work hard in the hot weather down there and, um, and being willing to serve that was the highlight uh, for me on this trip. Tim why was it difficult to work with me? Um, it's not actually. It was easier to work with him in the Dominican than it was at home because at home, my dad likes to push me a lot more. And in the Dominican, it was more chill because he was showing extra patience to everyone else there because they weren't his own son. So I got some of that. Throughout the construction project, we also had um, Dominican people join us and we wanted them to be part of that uh, construction project. In uh, Dominican, they speak Spanish, and that was not a language that I've mastered. So uh, that was challenging for me to sometimes, uh, well, to, wanting to include them, but not always being able to communicate exactly uh, how we want to do things. For me, those two highlights, uh, obviously there's two groups working together, and everybody had different gifts, different strengths, and helping each other out and you know, getting those projects well on the way, that was wonderful. And personally, again, m my biggest reason to go on this trip with Tim is actually spending quality time with him and not having um, internet for a few days and actually having uh, good quality conversations uh, was the highlight for me as a dad. Because at home, we're always too busy, too distracted and running from one event to the next. And for me to spend this time intentionally with Tim was the highlight of my trip. It was cool. I know my dad was going out and doing all like building things and doing landscaping out for his company. But it was just cool to see him do it firsthand some more. And you can really appreciate what he's doing and how hard he works for us in a as a family. For me, it was just good to go back, to be normal again, to go back on trips and investing in people that have a lot of needs down there. I mean, because of COVID, we can just sit at home forever and wait for the doors to open 
but I think the doors are open and we should go out and, and go again and serve wherever we can. Hey, uh, it's great that your dad's chill. That's good. Let's, uh, let's pray together. Lord, thank you for today, opportunity we have to, to gather in your name for your purpose, for your glory. Lord, that we would find ourselves in a place that we can hear you. That you speak to us, Lord. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truth, the power that is living, it's active. That, Lord, you speak to us through your word. And may we find ourselves in a place to be spoken to today. Lord, today that as we open the word, that what is seen, what is heard, is you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 20, uh, I don't have any fancy PowerPoint today, so you're going to just have to follow along uh, in your Bibles. And <clears throat> as we are... Uh, making our way through Matthew in the dailies. Uh, this morning, what we want to read is Matthew chapter 20, starting in verse 29. And it's a healing that takes place, and it's the last public healing where the characters are talked about. Um, <clears throat> later on, you will see that the, the temple is cleansed, and in the cleansing of the temple, Jesus also goes from there and he heals people. Um, but it's in a general sense. <clears throat> and here, excuse me, want to just mute me for a second? Uh, here we um, uh, will read what takes place of this account. So follow along, starting in verse 29 of Matthew 20. As Jesus and his disciples left the town of Jericho, a large crowd followed behind. Two blind men were sitting beside the road. When they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began to shout, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Be quiet, the crowd yelled at them. But they only shouted louder, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. When Jesus heard them, he stopped and called, what do you want me to do for you? Lord, they said, we want to see. Jesus felt sorry for them and touched their eyes. Instantly, they could see. Then they followed him. I want to look at uh, the, the kind of the three uh, characters that are here. We have the crowd and um, their response to the blind men. I want to look at that. I, I want to look at the blind men and their request to, to Jesus. And then finally, Jesus' response to their request. I'll start off with this story. I remember some years ago, uh, I was, uh, I had a, a, a long week and uh, I didn't have a lot of time to get to my message. And so I, I went in on a Saturday 
and I was working on my message. Um, the doors were locked, and I was just sitting there, and I was, I was working away on this message. And then the phone rings. And I look at the number, and I don't recognize the number, and I think, uh, maybe it's a telemarketer, so I just, I just ignore it. <laughs> and, uh, and it stops ringing. Great. Um, back concentrating on my message. But a few seconds later, the phone rings again. And I look, and it's the same number. And I'm thinking, hmm, maybe it's important, but finishing my message is more important right now. And uh, this, this, this phone call will just have to wait. And so it stops ringing, and uh, I'm back to my message. And literally just a second or two later, the phone rings for a third time. Same number. <laughs> and this time it's like the Lord is saying, you better answer the phone. <laughs> and so I pick up the phone and I, I uh, begin to talk to this gentleman that's on the phone. And he begins to tell me that uh, life is not good for him. He is really struggling. Uh, it's pretty bad. And that he, he was given my name and number by a friend that goes to the church that suggested that, um, that they talk to me. And I could tell that the man was very desperate. And so I told him, um, I'm at my office and uh, come over to the, where the church is and we'll talk. And he said, um, yeah, I know you are. I'm here. I'm in the parking lot. <laughs> And so I unlock the door, and we, we, we sit and we talk even more. And I find that this man is actually so desperate, that his troubles are so great, that, um, that he was considering taking his life. And uh, we had a great conversation. We had a great time of prayer. Um, but this story maybe reminds me a little bit of what I'm reading here about the crowd. And as I read, the crowd, read this story, it says that there's this large crowd that's following Jesus. And two blind men cry out, Lord, have mercy, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. And the crowd says, be quiet. Shh. Don't bother him. We know his agenda. We know what he's up to. And right now, what he's up to is he's not up to helping you. Now, I'm reading maybe a lot into it, but they were quieting these two blind men. They didn't want these blind men to interrupt what Jesus was doing and where he was going. He was going from Jericho to Jerusalem. This is the last march. This is, now the crowd didn't know this, but they're quieting these, these blind men. Quiet. Don't interrupt him. Don't interrupt him. When I think about this, I think about even in my own life and in the situation where I get a phone call and that I don't want to be interrupted. I'm doing God's business. I, this is important. I mean, preaching the word of God is important, is it not? And I shouldn't be interrupted. But I... I think there's something for us to pause and to say, whose agenda am I on? Whose agenda am I on?
You can read in Acts chapter 16 where um, Paul is wanting to go into Asia Minor. And as he's wanting to go there, you can read in there that what he wants to do is he wants to preach the gospel. He wants to take the gospel into the land of Asia Minor. Is that not a good thing? I can't think of anything better than to, to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with somebody. I mean, that's fantastic. And you can read there what it says is the Holy Spirit did not permit them to go. What? What's up with that? I mean, isn't it that if, if, if we want to preach the gospel, that that's a good thing? Isn't that what we should be doing? And that wasn't God's agenda. And, it, and, and it's a good reminder that what is important is that we are in tune with what God is doing around us. Are we aware of what God is doing around us? Are our heads up? Sometimes I remember this saying uh, my dad used to say to me when I come back from Bible school. He says, you know, son, you're so spiritually minded. I don't know if you're any earthly good. I had a lot of spiritual knowledge in my head, and I was really focused on the spiritual things, but I, didn't, he just, I don't know if you're any earthly good. And here is where the crowd needs to be able to look up and see. Sometimes there's a danger that we can create this holy bubble around us, and we don't see what is around us. COVID has really caused a disruption for us, hasn't it? I mean, we're starting to feel like maybe we're getting back to normal, right? But I don't know if I want to totally get back to normal. There's a disruption that's happened that maybe what it helps us do is to stop and to look and ask ourselves this question, what is beyond us? A community that is hurting, a community that maybe like the blind men are crying out. Maybe they don't know what they're crying out, but they're crying out saying, I need help. Please help me. And are we looking this way or are we just looking this way just at ourselves and what we need? Because the crowd was looking at what they needed. They needed to be with Jesus and they needed to go wherever he was going. And please don't stop him from doing what he is doing. Do you see my point? And I think the challenge that I read here and the application that I want to put here is that perhaps we need to stop and surrender our time, our eyes, our ears, and our compassion to God. Our time, our eyes, our ears, our compassion to God and God say, God, here it is. Here it is. Help me to see what is around me. Help me not to shh what you are doing. Well, these two blind men, <clears throat> it's interesting as you look at these blind men here that you can read in Isaiah 29, 18, and again in Isaiah 35, 5, that, that these, these, these blind men are fulfilling prophecy. They're fulfilling prophecy. In both of these, 
these uh, in Isaiah, they're both of them are talking about a time that a Messiah is going to come. He's going to heal the blind. He's gonna he's gonna loosen the ears for people to hear. And, and, and so it's very significant that these two blind men, that this story is there because once again, just before he enters Jerusalem, it's pointing to the fact that he is the Messiah. He's the Messiah. And I, and I, and I love how they, they cry out to him, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. They're humbly asking, God, would you, would, you, would you touch us? Would you do something for us? They're not demanding. Over the years that I have spent time uh, pastoring, I've had people come to the church, and they've been asking for help. Actually, not asking, demanding. I've had people come and say to me, you need to help me out. You have to help me out. You have to give me this. You have to pay for this. You have to do this. And God gives us resources, and our resources are his, and he wants us to use them wisely. And some of the wise way of doing it is to ask some questions. And especially when people come in demanding, I ask a lot of questions. Right, Marita? <laughs> we ask a lot of questions. And as you begin to ask questions, you begin to find out some details. And you want to have compassion on people, and you want to help them, but you want to be wise. And all of a sudden, you see that their story isn't matching. And I've had people be upset at me when I say to them, you know what, I can't help you. They've been so upset at me, they, they, they've told me that I'm going to go to hell. That I'm not a good Christian, and that I'm going to go to hell. Whew. That kind of rocks your boat a little bit. Because you want to do the right thing, you want to help, you want to have this compassion, you want to, but what does this look like? And then I've had people come in, and, and they've said, hey, this is my situation, and, and, and would you consider helping me? If you can. If you can't, I understand. But if you can, could you please help? And that conversation is a whole lot different. And you give, them, well, you give them something, and it doesn't seem like very much, but man, their heart is overwhelmed. Oh, man, thank you so much. But what's the difference? The difference is this heart of humility, this heart that comes in. And this is what these two blind men, they're coming and they're not demanding of Jesus. They're not saying, hey, Jesus, come heal me. You better heal me. I know you can heal me. No, they come and they say, son of, son of, son of God, son of David, have mercy on us. Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. Coming to the Lord, we come with humble hearts. We come with open hands. We come Him doing whatever He wants to do in our lives. Some of you sit here today and you have cried out for a long time to be healed. Or you've cried out for healing to take place in somebody's life. And you have been the one, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. And you've not been healed. Where is God in that? 
you know, uh, please don't hear me say that you're one that's not humble because you are. But I'm also aware that Jesus walked past a whole lot of people that he didn't heal. And when we read in the Bible the healings that he did, those are the ones that he wants us to know about. We just finished as uh, young adults going through Unanswered Prayer by Pete. Greg, he's written a book called God on Mute. And if you want to know more and go deeper about God not answering prayer and how to walk through that, Pete Gregg's book, God on Mute, is a very, very good one. Best one out there. How to understand it. What does it mean? Where is God? How can there be hurt and hope at the same time? In this case, these blind men are crying out for God to heal them, and they're being quieted by the crowd, and you have to appreciate their persistence of still crying out. When somebody perhaps will cause us to, um, to cause us to doubt whether we're asking for the right thing, are we asking for the right thing? And we can feel doubt about what we're asking and how we're asking. And these men don't allow that to sway them. Instead, they just cry out that much more. And they cry out over the crowd. And sometimes the noise around us can be so great that it'll be hard for us to ask and to cry out for God to meet us where we're at. But these blind men are persistent in praying. They're persistent in crying out and saying, Lord, have mercy. Lord, do you hear us? And I learned from these blind men this two, these two things. One is that they, they, they are not demanding, but they're seeking. They're not assuming, but they're accepting. When they say, Lord, have mercy on me, I, I, they, they are not, I don't believe they're, they're, they're assuming that he's going to heal them but they're accepting whatever he will give them. Isn't that good? They're not assuming, but they're accepting. And they're coming with humble hearts to the Lord. Don't let doubt rule your life with the Lord. Don't let doubt cause you not to come to him. Don't let the people around you cause you not to come to Jesus. Be persistent like these blind men. And third is Jesus' response. The whole crowd, if you can picture with me, the whole crowd is walking this way. These blind men are crying out and Jesus stops. I have a picture a little bit of, of the crowd that the crowd just kind of almost smashes into each other a little bit. And they stop. And Jesus turns to these blind men and he speaks to them. And he says to them, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? What a great question. Jesus stops, and I think by him stopping, 
he is showing that they are just as important as the crowd that is with Jesus. The able-bodied people, the people that are able to go with him and to be with him and to walk with him, they have the time to be with him. And yet these two blind men, because they were blind, didn't have the ability to be with Jesus. And he stopped. And he asked them, what do you want me to do for you? Why? Why did Jesus ask that question? Was it not obvious they were blind and that they wanted to see? Why would he ask that question? I think it's this. I think it stirred the men's faith. There's something about speaking out the desires in our heart. We can keep it in here a whole lot, but there's something about when we speak it out, those words spoken change things. And they needed to speak it out. I don't know if they hesitated. I don't know if they stood there for a moment and Lord, looking at each other, we want to see. We want to see. And what is Jesus' response? He has compassion for them. It says, I read it in there, it says he feels sorry for them. But it's not a sorry like, oh, I'm sorry. He has compassion for them. And I want to pause on that. I want us just to, to, to stop for a moment to think, does Jesus have compassion for you? Does he have compassion for you? Yes. Wherever you're at, whatever's happening in your life right now, he has compassion for you. And he heals them. You can read in the other Gospels that, that uh, the same story where it only talks about one blind man being healed. But the response is, is there is joy, there is praising, there is following, there is excitement of what God is doing. Let, let me ask you this question. My question is this. Is how many here have prayed for God to do a healing in your life. Maybe it's an emotional healing. Maybe it's a physical healing. Maybe it's a spiritual healing. How many of you here have prayed for a healing and God has answered? Raise your hand. Raise them up. Raise them up. Amen. Isn't that good? He does. Matter of fact, every single person who sits here today, who knows Jesus, who's asked Jesus in your life, you prayed and God healed you. So let me bring us to a close. If there's one thing, one thing that I would want us to take away, 
is to look at ourselves as a crowd. That we have an agenda. That we're moving with Jesus. Jesus is on the move and we're moving with him and we know where he's going. But I want to challenge us to look around and not miss what he is doing. We might know where he is going, but let us not miss what he is doing. So in your schools, when you're at school and you're there, you look up and you look around and you're looking and saying, God, who is it around me that you want me to talk to? Who is it who is like a blind person who needs somebody to talk to them? who needs me to engage with them. Maybe it's just simply that I'm, gonna, I'm committing to pray for that person, and they don't even know that I'm noticing them. But where you are at school, who is it that God is calling you to? At work, who is it that you should notice, that you should have your head up and you should notice? When you're out and about and you're at the grocery store or you're out on the sports field, who is it around you that God would want you to see that he is doing something? You know where he is going, but what is he doing? Because what he was doing that day was healing blind men. Where he was going was to Jerusalem. What is he doing? And he wants us to be part of it. But we need to pause and look up. Lord Jesus, this morning as we have looked at this story, this blind, these, these blind men, I thank you for that story. It is a story that reflects, God, that you are the Messiah. But you are the Messiah who is healing, who is touching, who is transforming. And Lord, today, maybe there's someone here today who, who they are in a lot of pain physically, emotionally, spiritually. Lord, as they are crying out to you, I pray with them, Lord, that you would have mercy on them. And that they would hear you speak to them. Lord, I pray there would be healing in this room today. Physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual healing, relational healing. God, that you would bring healing to those here today. For your glory and your purpose. Help us, Lord, to also be part of what you are doing, not just where you are going. In Jesus' name, amen.